You're listening to the Decatur Public Library's Long Overdue Podcast. This is Denise, Dawn, Pat, and Chris. And uh, and I am here, we're here to introduce our book clubs. Um, if you weren't aware already, uh, the Decatur Public Library has two book clubs. Uh, we have our book experience book club that meets every first Tuesday of the month at 11 o'clock in the morning. And uh, they're an in-person book club, and they always discuss a different book every month. And we have uh, book book club or book experience has been uh, been around for several years now, so they're well established, and have a uh, a broad rep- repertoire of books and reading under their under their belts at this point. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds exciting, Chris. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> So, so here's what's coming up with the book, the book experience book club in the next few months. Coming up in October is Victoria by Daisy Goodwin. On the morning of June 20th, 1837, less than a month after her 18th birthday, Alexandrina Victoria is roused from bed with the news that her uncle William IV has died and she is now Queen of England. The men who run the country have doubts about whether this sheltered young woman can rule the greatest nation in the world. But despite her age, the young queen is no puppet. This is the book upon which the NPR masterpiece Victoria is based, and this will be our October selection. And then for November 7th, Heart of a Lion by William Stolzenberg. Heart of a Lion is a story of one heroic creature pitting instinct against towering odds, coming home to a society deeply divided over his return. It is a testament to the resilience of nature and a test of humanity's willingness to live again beside the ultimate symbol of wildness, a mountain lion making its way across the United States. So that's November. And then in December, traditionally, we bring potluck and enjoy lunch together and talk about all the other books we've been reading. We do a book exchange as a, as a gift exchange and uh, just enjoy a social time. So we hope you'll be able to join us on first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. for the Book Experience Book Club. That's great, Pat. And uh, we have our, our second book club is our online book club. It's the Wise Reads um, online book club. It's uh, it's something that we do through our through Facebook. So check it out. Uh, here we have Denise and the rest of the gang, Dawn and Pat and myself. will talk about some of our uh, selections, past and upcoming for the online book club. So if somebody wants to get the um, get on the Facebook page, it is not Decatur Public Library, but it's Wise Reads, right? Right. Um, you can also access it through our website, decaturpubliclibrary.com, where we have actually information on both of our book clubs. There'll be links there to go to the Facebook page and be able to participate in the online discussion. And pretty much the way that works is one of us will pick a book for the month, we'll post discussion questions, and you're welcome to go onto the Facebook page and answer questions and we'll discuss them with you and just 
get involved in the online book discussion. Yeah, you it's know. just all virtual, but, you know, it's good and fun for people that are busy and want to talk about a book, but can't make it and spend you know, an hour or some in person. Or when you really just want to talk about a book in the middle of the night. <laughs> and you can just talk about the book. The questions are great. But yeah. The questions are a starting off point, but if you, you have don't something, have to, yeah. yeah, if you have something to say about it, just post the comment. Yeah. No yeah, need to feel feel restricted. That's yeah. good to know. I need to go back in and make some more responses. Then <laughs> <laughs> you might you might pose your own question, and maybe somebody else will. Yeah, that would yeah. be that would be cool. Yeah. So, John, you've got the September book. Yes, we're going to read the book called Hideous Love by Stephanie Hemphill. And it's actually a book written in verse. In verse, it is. And don't be afraid of that because <laughs> it really does flow really well and it does not feel like you're reading a book of poetry. It, Even though it, they're different individual poems throughout the book, Um They flow really well together. And it's about Mary Shelley, who uh, is the Mm -hmm. author of Frankenstein, Mm -hmm. and about her life and how she kind of came up with her book, actually. And so her life. She had a really fascinating life, very interesting, unique, eccentric. (laughs) And a lot of people don't, don't know that she was 19 Mm -hmm. when she wrote Frankenstein. Yes. And that yeah. she pretty much started that entire genre. Mm-hmm. The gothic horror. gothic horror. And, and yeah. also, like, she was one of the precursors to science fiction, yeah. really. Yeah, she was pretty much that started the, the whole sci-fi. Yeah, she was 19. <laughs> so, in, and I believe that Stephanie Hemphill, when she wrote the book, she used a lot of... Um, like notes or diary entries, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, that letters between her Letters her between her and Percy. Yes. Yeah. And Dawn, is that a uh, is that an adult or a young adult novel? Oh, that's an interesting question, Chris. It is actually a young adult okay, cool. novel, um, which can be found here at the library. We do have a copy of that, so you're welcome to come in and check it out. That's an interesting trend. That uh, it seems to happen a lot in the young adult novels, but I've seen some adult novels like that, the ones that are written in verse, mm-hmm. like that. Um, I haven't really read any, but some people really like them. I guess they're pretty good, huh? I think they're they're becoming more popular. And like I said, this was my first one that I had read, and I was really surprised at how easy it flowed. So um, I've read some of the reviews mm-hmm. that were not so popular, that right. they didn't really care for the way she wrote. But I enjoyed it. So I teach children's literature at Texas Women's University, And I've been really surprised at how many of my students have enjoyed novels in verse when they've read them. Most of them had not come across them before, had never been introduced to them, but really enjoy reading them and and enjoy the story in addition to the poetry. So, Yeah. yeah, I think it's a coming thing. Yeah, so I hope everybody um, who's listening decides to read it and join us on our book discussion. Book club selection for August is uh, Promise of Blood by Brian McClellan. And it is a, I guess you'd call it an epic fantasy, but it it has the, it's, it's just a unique setting because unlike, you know, your typical sword and sorcery 
um, you know, Lord of the Rings type fantasy novel. It's set in a a world uh, that's entering its industrial age. Mm. So it's the advent of uh, black powder weapons, um, you know, muskets and, and early rifles and so things like that. So a little steampunk thrown in. Uh, I would hesitate to say steampunk. Okay. Because um, there's no actual, there's really not any steam. <laughs> Involved. As far okay. as I know. So um, describe what steampunk is, because I have no idea what that is. You're not, not familiar with that term. No. Um, the steampunk is uh, usually it's a science fiction type setting, um, but it takes place in a world where steam has become like the prominent source of energy, rather than like you okay. know uh, fossil fuels or you know. Specific, you know, specifically fossil fuels or electricity or whatever. It's like steam is so you know steam engines and clockwork uh, mm-hmm. creatures and machines and things like that. And then it, it's also usually set during kind of like a Victorian style period. So this would be pre steampunk, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think. Go I'm ahead. sorry, Pat. Were Go you, ahead, Steve. I I, I think that uh, one one of his fellow authors of that genre. <laughs> Uh, Brent Weeks uh, coined the term flintlock fantasy. Okay. Um, to to kind of differentiate it, because um, I mean, essentially, it feels a lot like uh, 18th century France. Okay. Yeah. During like the French Revolution or something like that. Okay. Of course, it's a fictional world, but that's essentially right. what it feels like. So pre-industrial revolution, kind of. No, I mean. I think it's like early the industrial early, I would yeah, say. Yeah, they ever all the all the folks that have reviewed it and talked about it said it takes place during an industrial okay. age. Well, so the, when to manufacturing me, to me, and when textiles, I think about steampunk, I think of it a little broader of being set in the industrial an industrial revolution kind of kind of period. So not specifically steam, but anything where it's that early industrial feel. Yeah. So well, some like, people, I'm, you know. I'm thinking of um, Guy Ritchie's take on Sherlock Holmes yeah. and that sort of setting where it's the, the dark, smoky London and you look around and that's the, the feel of it all. Everything's gray and, and black and that kind of thing. So Some people have even further differentiated. A little, a little broader, a little narrower, depending on how you're, how you're looking at I, it. I've, I've heard some people use the term diesel punk. For some okay. things, okay, like that, where there's not so much steam, but just everything is just you know covered in grime from yeah. from you know these primitive fossil fuels okay. or whatever. So okay, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, uh, promise of blood, uh, flintlock fantasy, and there's powder mages which have you know magic and power over uh, black powder, and they can you know use that to enhance their weapons and stuff. And then there's also sorcerers and things. Great. It was a really good book. I did enjoy it. So I've posted a couple comments on it. Good. But Thanks, John. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Denise, tell us a little bit about the July selection. So the book that we did in July was The Department of Speculation by Jenny Offhill. Very slim little novel. I would say that this is probably one of my top ten favorite books. That what I liked most about the Department of Speculation was how she accurately portrayed someone with anxiety Mm. and Mm -hmm. going through a long-term relationship and getting married and 
you know, going through things that people go through every day, but her mind just being all over the place and finding connections and things from like Kafka and astronauts and <laughs> just sort of putting it all together and dealing with with her life, I thought was just very insightful. I know it wasn't one of Don's favorite books. <laughs> and that's why we're all here. Because right. <laughs> we have different things that we really enjoy. Well, we started the Wise Reads Book Club in June with Red Rising by Pierce Brown. And Red Rising is a science fiction novel that imagines a future world where um, humanity is divided by caste, by class, and identified by color, and you are stuck in your color. Your color identifies where you can be, the kind of jobs you can have, the sort of um, physical expression that you have, you, depending on the, the color and the class, will, will determine your size and your health and everything about you. Um, and we see a, a corrupt government where the golds, who are the ruling class, uh, rule with an iron hand. And um, not a golden hand. Not a golden hand. No, <laughs> too malleable. Too malleable. Um, and Darrow is a red whose wife is killed right in front of him. And because he decides that she should be buried, he is, is almost killed. They expect that he's dead, and he's not. Um, he has a group called the Sons of Ares who turn him into a gold so that he can infiltrate and start a rebellion. And that's what Red Rising is about. It's um, the first book in a trilogy. For, right. Actually, I first believe there's a trilogy. fourth book out now. Well, it's sort of a fourth book, but it's sort of a new trilogy starting. Oh, okay. yeah, it's so it's taking the same world and kind of picking up where this left off, but starting a different... A yeah. Like different a spinoff track. series or something. Yeah, like and that. it's Iron something. Red Rising, Golden Sun, and Morning Star are the original trilogy, the, the Red Rising trilogy, and then Iron... I want to say it's like iron gold or something like that's that. That's what yeah. I'm thinking too. Think is iron, iron gold. gold? Yeah. But then I don't know if that's right. Yeah. Iron gold. Iron gold. Which comes out next spring, I believe. January sixteenth. Ooh, January! Yay! Even earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay, so January twenty eighteen, new book coming up for the fall. You want to talk about some other possibilities, Chris and Denise, about what's coming up for the fall, what our possibilities are for October and November? Uh, Well, for October, um, being the month that it is, and uh, (laughs) and with you know the 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 season, the Halloween and um, and the you know related uh, theme and celebration and such. uh, Of course, in October, we want to do something that's kind of like a creepy book or. Something that's spooky or kind of scary. Mm-hmm. I, you know, looked at a couple of things. Um, I was thinking about doing "The Devil Crept In" by Anya Allborn, um, which I haven't gotten a chance to read yet. But uh, the little, the blurb on the back, I would have brought it, but uh, it must be checked out. So somebody's reading it. Great, good. Which is good. <laughs> um, but any, anyway, I, what intrigued me about it is that it sounded like there was, you know, kind of a, a blurred line between what was a supernatural, something going on, or possibly just a, 
serial killer or something awful like that. But she's supposed to be real scary. A lot of people like her, so I would I would definitely enjoy reading it and sharing it with the book club. Um, I found another book, and since I am also a, a cataloger here at the library, <laughs> uh, pretty much every book that comes to our library comes through me. So right. I've seen them all, and and uh, and I've I've put my my uh, my blessing on all of them by by processing them. And um, so anyway, I found this one called uh, Devil's Call, and it's uh, on the front here. It says The Revenant. Uh, with book with witches, a compelling compelling revenge tale with an iconic and unforgettable character. So that's possibly what I will be doing for October because um, I love Western films and uh, I think that this book has a lot of potential. Um, it talks about this lady going to get revenge for her husband's death uh, with her, I guess, essentially her spells as a witch and her long rifle. So. Mm. Sounds like an interesting mix of genres, and yeah. um, from what I've discussed so far, you can you might tell I'm kind of into that sort of thing. Might appeal to those folks who are enjoying Westworld on HBO right now. That's true. So yeah, could be fun. Is it a new book? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think not not like brand new, but it came out this year, and I haven't processed it yet. But uh, I pulled it, and I'll process it soon, and uh, maybe that'll be our selection for October because it sounds like it might be kind of creepy. Yeah, as well. Yeah, you got westerns and witches, and sounds cool. So, I'm thinking for November, I might do Juno Diaz's "This Is How You Lose Her." Um, I love Juno Diaz. I think he is an amazing author. He's won all kinds of awards, but "This Is How You Lose Her" is it's about a man and being in a relationship and all the different ways that he screws up that relationship. <laughs> I I really just like books that are depressing. Yeah, <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> there's just something about reading a book that just pulls on your emotions to bring a little perspective into your life. You read something that's sad or just heartbreaking and it just brings everything in your own life into focus, I think. This is How You Lose Her by Gino Diaz, I think is going to be November pick. Also a very slim, slim little book. So that takes us through October and November? Yeah. Okay. And December coming up, um, it's, it's me again. And um, knowing that Star Wars 8, The Last Jedi, is coming out in December, I've chosen The Princess Diarist by Carrie Fisher. This is the book that came out in November of last year, just before her untimely death at the end of December of 2016. Carrie Fisher kept diaries during the filming of the first Star Wars movies. So this is her diary from 1976 during the filming of Star Wars, A New Hope. And she's very honest, um, there's a lot of, she includes commentary to set the stage, to give a little background, and then actually includes her journals and diaries from that time period. Um, the audiobook is kind of interesting because it's Carrie Fisher, and during the um, actual journal selections that she's included, her daughter, Billy Lord, is the narrator. So that's kind of a fun take on that. 
But Princess Diarist will be our December selection for Wise Reads. So that leaves me starting off the new year. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So <laughs> So uh, I'm thinking we could do The Passion of Dulce by Julie Berry. It is another young adult novel. Hmm. Um, don't be afraid of young adult novels because they're very good. They are. Yes, they are. Um, but this one is about a young lady who uh, ends up helping somebody else. Just the trials that they go through mm. goes on what you believe and how you should be strong in in your faith and what you do believe. Thanks, John. I do have a question. Yeah. So um, Chris had mentioned that the uh, Book Experience Book Club has been on for a little while. Mm-hmm. And what? Um, how many books do you have available for the book club, first off? Um, we usually try to have four print copies of the book. We sometimes also are able to get a large print edition. Um, we look for an audio book, if that's available. And we also try to get it as an ebook or a downloadable audio, which would be available through OverDrive. And that's another way to get books through the library. So our North Texas Libraries on the Go consortium has about 15,000 titles, I think, right now available. And um, so when we have an ebook available, we try to get that as part of our collection and make that another option for all of our readers. So on our online book club, we don't have multiple copies usually, but we try to make sure that we have at least those um, electronic versions if we don't have multiple copies of the book here in the library. And we could potentially also get those through interlibrary loan. Absolutely. Anytime we, we don't have copies available of a, of a selection, we can, we can try to get them from our consortium partners through um, North Texas Library Consortium or outside that from other libraries that are willing to loan. So my question is, um, we have a bunch of books laying around mm-hmm. from previous book clubs, is that right? Right. So if somebody wanted to do their own little book club, they could check those books out or and do a small Absolutely. little book club on their own. Um, typically from past titles, we do have four copies available. And we have in the past done some um, young adult book clubs as well. Okay. So there are several really good selections like The Book Thief, um, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas that are young adult titles that we have multiples of as well mm-hmm. that can be checked out. So if right. you want to check and, them out. And we do can... try to keep them all together. Yeah. So yeah. Um, sometimes the multiple copies might be on the top shelf above where the, the single copy is, but they're all right there. You're always welcome to check them out. If you need them for an extended period, talk to us, and we will we can work that out for you. That's great. I think that's a great option for people who can't always make the book club. Right. Um, but they still want to read the book mm-hmm. and discuss it. So Absolutely. But that also brings up a question. You were talking about OverDrive, mm-hmm. and you can access OverDrive through our website. Yes, you can. And I believe they also have an online book club. Um, Overdrive does the big read. I believe it's quarterly. And that's kind of an interesting thing that they do. They choose a selection that they will allow anybody who can get on Overdrive and log in to read at the same time. Usually most of the Overdrive books are single user at a time. Okay. So it can be checked out and not available to you. You have to place a hold. 
But when OverDrive selects something for the big read for whatever quarter, they make that available to anybody, as many people as want to check it out at the same time, to read. It, there's not really a forum for discussion like we're offering through our Facebook page for Wise Reads. Okay. But it is available for anybody to, to read. And knowing what that's going to be down the road, um, someone who has a book club may want to choose that, that selection for their book club. Everybody can get to it for free at the same time and read it and then be ready to go. That'd be a great idea. Mm-hmm. So it gets past the one book, one user right. model that is what is current for most that is ebooks. pretty typical, yeah. There yeah. are a few exceptions to that, but for the most part it is one, one book, one user at a time, and even so for digital. To access OverDrive, you just need a library card right? and use and your number. And the app. And a password. And, and you'll, password. Need your, yeah, right, you'll need your library card number and your password. And if you don't know what that is, you can call us and we can get you taken yeah, care of to get up. that up. Okay. Um, but yes, you can get in there, choose our library, put in your information, and have access to thousands of books. Some we have in print here, some we don't. So lots of options mm-hmm. for book clubs. Absolutely. You know, I always thought about getting some books and repurposing them and making an actual, like, club out of books and then bringing that in and saying, like, cheesy, cheesy, yes, cheesy. I'm bringing my book club oh, to the wow. book club. Yes. <laughs> there you go, so, Chris. Talk about the book and stay on topic or <laughs> well, Chris will use his book club. It's really going to be a book club. Yes. Uh, oh, my goodness. So, while we're on the subject of book clubs, any any other books that you'd like to mention that are just favorite books that, that you think people ought to know about or book club experiences you've had that you want to share with us? Anybody? Well, with October coming up, mm-hmm. you know, being the children's librarian, I read a lot of children's fiction um, and young adult but they're really good books. They are. So, you know, um, I would recommend The Night Gardener and The Graveyard Book to... Um, Who are those by? Uh, the Graveyard Book is by Neil Gaiman, and The Night Gardener is by Jonathan Oxier. It's A-U-X-I-E-R. Right. They would be good October reads because they're kind of scary. Yeah, you said so. The Night Gardener was really scary. Yeah, it kind of creeps you out. Even for hmm. for an, an, an adult reading it. Are these both chapter books? So. They are chapter books. Okay, for like third, fourth, fifth graders is kind of what they're well, a little older maybe? The the Night Gardener was actually on the Blue Bonnet list Okay. Um, a couple of years ago, the Texas Blue Bonnets. So um, somewhere third through sixth grade. Yes, and I personally, after I read it, did not think I would have let my fifth grader read it because it was kind of (laughs) scary and it plays on on your imagination and um, (laughs) so the more vivid your imagination the scarier you get yes (laughs) so maybe we'll do that for our October book I don't know it sounded pretty interesting there you go I I really enjoyed it it was Mm -hmm. a good book but it was um, it -hmm. was a little scary so I don't know if I would have recommended it Hmm. for that age group but okay that's why I think, you know, we should all try to read some of those books. 
And the Graveyard Book, I actually listened to that. It was an audiobook. Okay. And Neil Gaiman um, is the reader for it, and he's also the author. Because it's set in the London area, he's got the accent because that's where he's from, and it just really plays perfect with mm. the setting and okay. everything that happens. It's have really you read good. that one, Denise? I have. Because I know you're a Neil Gaiman fan. Oh, <laughs> what do you think about it? I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was great. Um I think they actually did a graphic novel adaptation of mm-hmm. it as well. Okay. Right. And the artwork is really beautiful in that. I have not seen his graphic novels, but I know that he has written several. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have been turned into graphic novels. Well, and there are some people okay. who, who know him through graphic novels. Right. Yes. Sandman. Sandman. Yeah. Right. yeah. That's kind of how his career really took mm-hmm. off was through comic books and with the Sandman series, which is amazing. And we do have the complete collection in our adult graphic novel section. Yes. Yes, we do. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I went to look at some of his books, and we he's got books in children's, yes. young adult, adult, Everywhere. He and writes graphic novels. Everybody. Right. Yeah, it's, that's Everywhere. really neat. Right. Yep. He's one of those amazing people who just writes whatever he decides mm-hmm. to write, and it's for whoever decides to read it. It, I think that's one of the reasons that the Graveyard Book is a good choice for even an adult book club, mm-hmm. because it it really speaks to so many different ages. For kids, it's a it's a fun, spooky story. For adults, it it can really make you think about what makes for a family and um, how, you know, early experiences color the whole rest of your life and, you know, those big picture kind of questions. So Neil Gaiman's pretty amazing. Yes. He even does nonfiction, too. He just yeah. recently came out with a book on Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. I thought that was which, an interesting really? choice. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. bestseller list for weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, he visits... Norse mythology a lot in his work. Yes, he does. And so it's a recurring theme in a lot of his work. So it's probably something he already had a lot of background on yeah. and then, you know, was interested enough to add some more research and yeah. just do it. Well, I just finished reading a book by Edgar Campero called Meddling Kids, which I think would also be a very good spooky October read. It is pretty much if the Scooby-Doo gang had come across an H.P. Lovecraft mystery <laughs> as children and how it messed them up into adulthood. Okay. And then they have to, you know, go back and finish solving the mystery or else they're going to be continued to be haunted by what happened to them when they were children. Those meddling kids. I know. Those <laughs> meddling kids and their dog. There was a dog. dog. Well, too. Okay. Yeah, there yeah. was a dog. There's got to be a dog. Okay, so I love Scooby-Doo, so I might have to try it. It's, it's good. It's really funny. Like, But you have the, you know, the creepy tentacle gods and such that H.P. Lovecraft is famous for. Just a lot of adventure, but also a lot of creepiness and humor. Yay. Chris, do you have one? Yeah, yes, I, I guess. So at this point, I want to ask: Do we are we talking just about spooky books, or are we talking about anything? We can talk about anything. I think okay. anything. Okay. Well, I was going to talk about another another book that was that was kind of creepy. Um, <laughs> Gee, I'll break that theme in a second. People. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and then we can go back to Pat, who 
just not Who really read creepy, creepy books. Yeah. Yes. But um, another one of my considerations for the, the online book club, a book that I really liked, was Last Words by Michael Corrida. And it is a sort of a murder mystery thriller, which is something that I don't read a lot of because I'm, I don't know, I just, it's not something I'm usually drawn to, but every now and then I see one with a really interesting cover. And yes, co- you know, covers are important, <laughs> despite the old adage. Right. Um, and uh, it had, you know, a cool cover with a cold background and a forest and everything. And then I read about how it's, you know, about caving and stuff like that. And, you know, just sounded really metal. And uh, so I, I read it and it was really interesting. And, and um, if it was just a mystery or whatever, then I probably would have lost interest. But uh, there was a lot more going on. It was about um, the main character dealing with his wife's death as well and, you know, dealing with his past past demons. And uh, so at the t- same time that he's investigating this uh, this murder that actually happened years ago, he's, he's dealing with this past. Um, his wife was really into, like other forms of evidence like uh um hip you know using hypnotism and uh kind of things that were necessarily uh considered like scientific and uh and it's so so it's kind of him also kind of accepting those kind of things because he there's a part where he gets hypnotized and he doesn't really believe it's going to do anything but then he does and it kind of shifts his perspective and there's this really awesome part where he actually gets put in this cave and uh, he's completely deprived of all sensory input, and it's just really creepy, and it just painted a really interesting picture, because it doesn't seem like it's a lot of the book, but it's so claustrophobic, and I'll never, you know, I'll never forget that, even if, it, if that was the only part I remembered from the book that was only, like, maybe, like, 30 pages long, um, it was just, it was incredible, it was a good experience, and it was creepy. Wow. Pat, do you want yeah. to lead us into something a little something less? else? Creepy. All right. Well, <laughs> since I don't read creepy books, I was going to say, if I have to talk about a creepy book, I would say the Halloweener, <laughs> the, the wiener dog who dresses for Halloween like a hot dog. So, but, so I'm reading right now a book that's really interesting. It's very different from anything I've read before. It's The Ministry of Utmost Happiness by Arundhati Roy. And it is set in Delhi, India, during the early 2000s, um, a time of reform and corruption and lots going on in the government. The main character is an intersex person whose, whose father was excited to have a son born, but as this child grew up, naturally tended to become female, to live as a female. So she um, is is just part of what we're we're seeing is is how the culture accepts those who are different, and part of what we're seeing is just what's going on in the government and in the the society in India during the early two thousands. It's part of what we're seeing is the difference. It's still the the uh, repercussions of the split of India and Pakistan with the Hindu and the Muslim people. Um, her family is Muslim in Delhi. So already they're the minority, and so having to, to live with that. It's just a really interesting slice of life in a time and place that I wasn't really familiar with. So very interesting story to 
to come up with. Yeah, and Erin Adewoye is an amazing writer. Oh, her fascinating. Um, yeah, her book "The God of Small Things" mm-hmm. is also on my top ten favorite books of all time. Uh, she actually has written a book of fiction in many, many years. Like twenty years. It was like twenty years. Yeah, she's written a lot of nonfiction. She's got several books of nonfiction out there, but she hasn't written fiction in like two decades. Wow. So what prompted her to write again? Or was this like a novel that she has been writing for the last 20 years? Um, I haven't really read if there was anything that propelled her to write or compelled her to write fiction. I think she just had a story to tell. Mm-hmm. Okay. She is, she's very much an activist. Mm-hmm in India, and so I think part of, of what compelled her to write this newer story is just what she's seen about how people are treated and, and the kinds of, of courageous stories she's seen of survivors. Well, I just have to say, I was reading a children's book the other day, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it made me laugh out loud. It was the history of rock, paper, scissors. Mm. Did you read it, Chris? Yes, I did. I read it while I was cataloging it. Yes. <laughs> Chris reads all the books first. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah? So, yeah, it was, it's a funny children's book, and adults will probably find humor in it, too. Mm. So. so now we need to find the history of rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock. <laughs> I guess we will. I guess we will, right? Uh, Big Bang Theory yes. reference, sorry. <laughs> I think that's all you have to do to learn the history of that is just watch, just watch, watch the that. show. Just watch that one episode. Right. Okay. <laughs> if you're going to take that for face value. <laughs> no, when I, I, when I used to play rock, paper, scissors on with kids on the bus and stuff, I remember we had, eventually we came up with like a whole arsenal of different things. There was like... Slew of things that... Yeah, just okay. crazy, crazy stuff that you could use against each other, and eventually it just didn't make any sense anymore. Because rock, paper, scissors is all about balance, and at that point we were just like making up stuff as we went, and it was like who could come up with the biggest, baddest thing to <laughs> to kill everybody else's thing. So that reminds me of another children's book that we have that I really like. It's a is it Cowboy Ninja Bear? Mm. Okay, and it's kind of like. Rock, paper, scissors, except it's a cowboy, a ninja, and a bear. Ooh, I have and not read that one. They have to, you know, I guess they duel or match or however, whatever mm-hmm. you call that whenever you play rock, paper, scissors with someone else. One beats the other, and the other beats the other, and mm-hmm. so forth. Hmm. It's really cute. All right. I'm going to go look that one up. Yep. That would probably make a really good movie, that book. <laughs> The history of the yeah. rock. Yeah, or at least a short film or something. You know, yeah. I bet that they could make them have like an epic throwdown. That would be really <laughs> awesome. Yes, I'm sure that the graphics would be good on that one. I also started reading Little Women. Oh, I had not read that before. Okay, so it's good. More later, huh? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, September makes me think about fall and apples. So one of my favorite children's books is How to Make an Apple Pie and See the World by Marjorie Priceman. Yes. And each ingredient in making the apple pie takes the 
the little main character all over the world. So they go to Italy to get the 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 Seminolo wheat, and they go to uh, where did they go to get the the Madagascar maybe to get the the vanilla. Yeah, maybe the vanilla. The, yeah, something maybe, like but that. But it's all over the world. You have to go here to get the freshest eggs and there to get the, the apples and and then put it all together. And then it's one of those, a, a little bit like if you give a mouse a cookie because at the end of, they get the apple pie and decide they want it with ice cream and start all over about where they have to go to get their ingredients for the ice cream. But it's a really fun children's book. It includes the recipe. <laughs> yes, those are always fun. Do we want to talk about what's coming up at the library? Or what's coming up on Our the podcast? podcast. Yay! That would be good. September 22nd, we will have a podcast talking about our St. Page Book Fest. Who's going to be there? What we're going to do? All that fun stuff. We'll probably talk more about books, too, because... That's just what we do. Because you just can't stop. We just can't stop. Uh, September 29th, we're going to have our podcast about banned books. So, yes, more talking about books. I'm excited about that one. Yeah. That's it's banned. B-A-N-N-E-D. Yeah. Yes. Not banned not books. Banned. We don't talk about oh, music. Want some music yeah. books. Not okay. Well, I don't know. We might. we might. just throw that in there. Some of those have probably been banned, too. It's true. Yeah. It is true. The banned banned books. Banned banned books. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. That was cheesy. That's my job. Oh, I know. That's, <laughs> yeah. that was, so that's why I've got corny and cheesy. What am I? <laughs> hmm. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> and that gets us through September. That'll be September. Ooh. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah, stay tuned in the future. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Long Overdue Podcast. This was the Decatur Public Library staff. And make sure you visit our website at decaturpubliclibrary.com. Check us out on our Facebook page. We also have Twitter and Tumblr. Take a look. Come find us. Stop by. If you have any questions, feel free to call us at 940-393-0290. So this is us at Decatur Texas, Decatur Public Library, Decatur, Texas, 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 Texas.